0: Love is reckless, not reason. Reason seeks a profit. Love comes on strong, consuming herself unabashed. Yet, in the midst of suffering, love proceeds like a millstone. hard surfaced and straightforward. Having died to self-interest, she risks everything and asks for nothing. Love gambles away every gift God bestows. Without cause, God gave us being. Without cause, give it back again. Gambling yourself away is beyond any religion. Religion seeks grace and favor, but those who gamble these away are God's favourites, but they neither put God to the test nor knock at the door of gain and loss. A phenomenal poem by Jalaluddin Muhammad Balki or popularly known to the world as Rumi. This was a translation of an excerpt from Rumi's extensive poetic collection Matnavi or Masnavi, book six, lines 1967 through 1974. This particular translated version is from the English book Love a Stranger, translated and interpreted by Kabir Helminski. Rumi, the most prolific of all Persian poets, has mesmerized the world for centuries now through thousands of his ghazals or love poems and Masnavi verses which are basically poems written in rhyming couplets. This poem is just one of the countless number of literary magic beads that he has gifted us. yet another exciting and very interesting episode of o Folk Season 2. This is your host, Shilpa. How are you guys? Well, I know with a podcast like this, it's really not possible to get an answer, but still I asked, and maybe I would like to believe, you answered in your minds you know sometimes with the mundane usualness of life and everyday duties we forget to sit back and pause we forget the importance of asking our own selves how are you try and pause try and ask this question not always the answer will be affirmative not always you will find an answer but still it's important to ask, just the way I did. Today's episode is indeed special, because for a long, long time I have been dying to recite a Rumi's poem, and finally I did. Contrary to common beliefs, Rumi was no ascetic renouncing the world or worldly offerings. He was very humane, a very real person, a very learned, well-read man who travelled all his life in search of teachers and teachings. Even after more than 800 years since his death, Rumi is still evidently relevant and universally loved. His poetry sends out a message of divine love and mystical union. There's some contradictions around his birthplace. He was considered to be born either in Waksh, a village on the Waksh River in present-day Tajikistan, or in the city of Balkh in the present-day Afghanistan. He spoke Persian or Farsi. No matter where he was born, Rumi was a Persian and therefore he is equally important to Iranians, Tajiks and Afghans and now to the rest of the world. In today's episode, we travel to Rumi's land, land of magic and mysticism, a place where scenic blue lakes crystal clearly reflect the scraping mountains, where hospitality is beyond anything one can ever imagine. The land of the Tajiks, Tajikistan. Stan is a Persian suffix that translates to place or land of, and Tajik translates to farmer or settled villages. Officially known as the Republic of Tajikistan, this is a landlocked country in Central Asia. While Tajik is the official language in Tajikistan, Russian is also spoken. Tajikistan is known for its really tall Pamir and Alai mountains. This country has been inhabited for thousands of years. It was part of the Persian Empire, the Bactrian Empire and then the Arabs brought Islam to the land. Before Islam, mainly they followed Zoroastrianism. In the 19th century, Tajikistan was absorbed into the Russian Empire and later became part of the Soviet Union until it became independent in 1991. You know, whenever I research about a country, while I love exploring and learning about the culture, tradition, and history of that country, my emphasis remains on learning specifically about the folk culture or oral tradition of that country. I was so intrigued to learn that literature and cultural expansion in Tajikistan has originated mainly from oral traditions and folklore legends. Very interestingly, Tajikistan has a special genre of music called Shashmakham, which has been included by UNESCO in the list of 90 masterpieces of oral and intangible heritages of mankind. Shashmakham means the six maqams in the Persian language. maqam basically stands for melodic modes. Shashmakaam constitutes a fusion of vocal and instrumental music, melodic and rhythmic idioms and poetry. Dating back to the pre-Islamic era, Shashmakaam was continually influenced by developments in musicology, poetry, even mathematics and, of course, Sufism. Through this podcast, my goal Is not just to narrate an unknown or lost folktale but also to acclimatize my listeners to the country and their lost culture at least to some extent because this is important to understand a folktale or where it is coming from it is important to understand the cultural undertones the history because folktale is all about that One single story wraps so many passing ages, changing times, cultural elements in itself. And this is also about acceptance, about identifying, acknowledging and appreciating the diverse cultures of the world. Today's story is short and sweet. It is a very old Tajik folktale. I have curated this from this rare book called The Sandalwood Box, Folktales from Tajikistan. This book is available on archive.org, an open source digital archive for millions of free books, movies, music, and many things more. I will put the link to this book in the description if you want to check out other stories. So, without any more delay, let's jump straight into the story. Many ages back, there was this rich man and a poor man who lived side by side as neighbours. Between their houses, there was this fence as a partition. The rich man had a beautiful, spacious house. He had a garden, a large pond, and he had beautiful furnitures adorning his large mansion. He owned a lot of horses and herds of cattle and all kinds of luxuries. He had lot many servants and three wives. Those days, you know, this was a common practice. I mean, we have heard from so many tales about kings having multiple wives. So this was pretty much like a normal thing. However, the poor man, on the other hand, had just nothing except this very small hut, which was also in a pretty miserable condition. And he had very few possessions. He spent all his day doing multiple day jobs and trying to earn a little money so that he can run at least that day. One day when this poor man came home after all day's hard work and was sitting and drinking a bowl of soup which his wife has made for him, one of the rich man's servants came and knocked on his door. The servant came in and greeted the poor man. He said, My master wants to meet with you. He has asked me to bring you along as quickly as possible. The poor man was perplexed a little bit. He asked, what does your master want from me? I don't know, the servant replied. Poor man was hesitant, but he had nothing else to do. So he stood up and was ready to go with the servant. Outside his mansion, the rich man was lying down reluctantly and relaxed on his couch. He was enjoying the weather while sipping his very expensive tea. A young servant sat at his feet massaging his naked fat and hairy legs. Hi neighbor, please come closer. Greeted the rich man when he saw the poor man coming in. You never come asking me for anything although you don't possess even half what I have. The poor man smiled a little bit and said, well, every man should be content with what all he has. The rich neighbor was a little surprised at this attitude. He was like, oh, okay, you are full of pride. But anyways, come now and sit down. Let's chat. The poor man was a bit uncomfortable. But still, he sat down on the edge of the couch. I have called you here. To ask something, the rich man said, You know that I possess almost everything under the sun. And if I want more, I have enough money to buy whatever I wish to. But even after having almost everything, I can't enjoy a single day of my life. There is no peace and quietness in my house. Sometimes it's my stupid servants who infuriate me with their actions Sometimes, it's my wives who are quarreling between themselves and it boils my blood. I shout at all of them, yell at the top of my voice, but nothing helps. Sometimes, I nearly faint with all the noises that go on in my house. And then on top of that, there are people who come to me asking different type of favours. I am just tired and so frustrated. But one thing that surprises me all the time is your house. Well, it won't be an understatement to say that you are poorer than poor. You do not possess a single strand of any sort of riches. But it's always so peaceful at your house. I have never heard your wife arguing with you. I have never seen you being frustrated over anything. I have never heard you guys crying or arguing. It simply seems like you don't suffer any pain or lack of anything. And not only that, sometimes I hear pleasant, happy laughter coming in from your tiny hut. What's the secret of this? Please tell me. The poor man laughed. Well, there is nothing in my home quarrel over I go out to do my job every day try to do whatever I get earn enough money so that I can run that day and support myself and my family that's it my wife knows it and she takes care of me and the family but yes I have concerns my wife also has concerns but I love her so I try to guard her from pain and sorrow Apart from that, we have this tiny little beautiful pearl with which we play in our leisure hours. It gives us utmost joy and happiness when we all laugh together. The rich man sat there thinking over what he just heard. Is it really possible for a single little pearl to be the cause of so much laughter and happiness? He thought to himself. If that is the case, maybe I'll buy not one, but three pearls and my wives and I will play with that and laugh even more than this poor man and his wife. The very next day, the rich man brought home three precious pearls, paying a huge amount of sum. When he got back, he sat down on his couch and called all three of his wives. He gave all the pearls to them and said, Come, let's sit in a circle and play with these pearls. Well, well, things did not exactly go the way he expected. The eldest of the wives looked first at her pearl and then at the pearl of the other wives. It seemed to her that her pearl was cheaper and not as beautiful as the other ones. The other two wives also felt exactly the same about theirs. They started arguing among each other and once again there was an uproar in the house. The rich man sat there staring at his wives and boiling with anger. He couldn't believe what he saw. In his mind he was thinking, I paid crazy amount of money to buy these three precious pearls and this is what I get? he yelled and asked his wife to go inside the house. And then he went running across to his neighbor, the poor man's hut. Even as he opened the gate, he heard the sound of happy laughter and joy. He went into the yard and there he saw the poor man and his wife with a two-year-old little boy sitting between them. They were playing with him And laughing with all their heart at the small boy's beautiful smile and childish antics. The poor man suddenly saw his rich neighbor standing there and welcomed him in his home. The rich man was sad. He said, I bought three pearls and took them home but they did not bring any peace or joy to my house. I am so frustrated. I want to know what priceless quality your little pearl has, which makes you so happy and content even though you don't have half of what I possess. The poor man laughed. Oh, neighbor, our pearl is not any dead object like your pearls. Our pearl is our dearest son who is sitting right there. My wife and I, we love him with all our hearts. Can there be any pearl which is better and more precious than a child? Quite disappointed and surprised, he left the poor man's home without uttering a single word. <laughs> Money can't buy happiness. We all have heard this by now umpton number of times, right? But do we adhere by that? Not always. Sometimes the regular tasks just overshadow the little joys of life. Sometimes it's just our very difficult situations which don't let us choose what we want to do. We are helpless. Yes, money can buy comfort and I do agree, that's also important in life. But does happiness comes with that? Well, not always. Happiness comes through the people we love, our family, our friends, through the work that we are really passionate to do, like this podcast for me. Every once in a while, I think we need a mild reminder of this and this story is does exactly that. Tajikistan and Persian literature has many beautiful folk tales like this. In fact, they say that every Tajik house might have a unique tale to share to the world. However, does the world know enough of this country or their culture? Well, not really. And as you guys might know already, in my next segment I try to link that gap. I try to tell you how, without even your knowing, the global cultures are part of our life. And today, I have something very unique to share with you in our next segment called Pop Shots. We started this episode with a roomy poem. And in this segment, we come back to him. Rumi's poems, quotes, have deep influence on South Asian popular culture. It's not unusual to see the usage of his poems in Indian or Pakistani movies and music. But what's interesting is that Rumi's poems have found admirer even in the West. Queen of Pop, Madonna has expressed deep interest in Rumi's teachings many times in the past. Versions of Rumi's love poems have been performed by Madonna, Goldie Hawn, and Demi Moore in an album, A Gift of Love, produced by author and alternative medicine advocate Deepak Chopra. Not just this, Frozen a critically acclaimed song by Madonna from her 1998 album Ray of Light happens to be inspired by Rumi's poems. Also, Academy and Golden Globe award-winning actress Tilda Swinton recited Rumi's poem like this translated by Coleman Barks to promote her line of fragrances. Apart from them, Philip Glass, an eminent American composer, composed music to accompany Rumi's poetry in Monsters of Grace, a chamber opera specially organized for the 800-year anniversary of Rumi's birth in 2007. Rumi, in many of his poems, talks about the presence of divine in human heart. He believed that human heart is capable of unimaginable depth and holds transcendent strength that doesn't mean he thinks human beings are perfect in fact he doesn't talk about perfect human being but he talks about the man of god this kind of aligns with what christian theologists consider as theosis the likeliness or union with a god becoming god this idea resonated widely with the west resulting in this rising interest of knowing this mystic man and his creations let's wrap this episode on those deep thoughts I am eternally grateful to each one of you for taking out the time to listen to O Folk Keep loving, keep supporting, and please, please, please keep sharing. Ofok is on more than 20 podcast platforms, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Radio, Amazon Music, Spotify, GeoSavan, Ghana, and many more. So tune in on your favorite platform and connect with me on social media to share your thoughts my birth country india celebrated her 75th glorious years of independence on 15th of august so wishing my family friends and everyone in india a very happy belated independence day alongside india's neighbor pakistan also celebrated their independence on august 14th i have a very dear friend from pakistan And I know how hospitable, how welcoming they are. Like India, Pakistan also has a vibrant culture and a rich history. After all, we were a single nation before the painful partition of the year 1947. In the next episode, all folk will travel to Pakistan in South Asia. Until then, stay safe and take very, very good care of yourself and your dear ones. Goodbye.